Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode, episode 15 of Chai with Ryan. Now, if you were listening to the previous episode, yes, I'm still recovering from my cold. It is bloody cold in London, but the one thing I am looking forward to, well, two things, I love winter fashion. So knitwear, hello. And two, I cannot wait to have a nice sip of a mulled wine. Oh my God. If you love mulled wine, just we're twinning. Now, if you are a new person tuning into this show, welcome friend to an episode of Chai with Rye, a show I like to call my digital jukebox of hidden gems in which I reach out to working creatives in the entertainment and fitness industry. We will discuss all things from life lessons to politics, socialism, culture, history to love, sex, the digital space, and of course, the industry. Now, a little backstory for the show. Chai with Rye is an IGTV live show, which I transfer to audio. So to watch any of the videos of the show, simply go to my Instagram at RaimuItFum. That is R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M. Or go on YouTube and just type in Chai with Rye to find the relevant episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe, comment, share this podcast. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. Also, make sure to go follow these amazing people that are on this show and give them some love love. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Now, today's episode is very, very near and dear to my heart because we have the wonderful, the talented, the mesmerizing, and I cannot use enough words to describe this person, Ridha Hussein from Dance Bhangra. Now, Ridha and I met, I want to say, a couple of years ago through a mutual friend in the Bhangra community, and we completely just bonded over our love and our passion for this folk dance that is Bhangra. Um, now, I don't know if you know this, there's not a lot of Punjabi Pakistani Bhangra dancers in the UK, let alone in the world. So we're a rare breed and we really get into Punjabi and being Punjabi and Bhangra dance and the politics of that and talking about being a female in the entertainment industry, the digital space, the success that Rida has had being a female Bhangra dancer and to talking about dance Bhangra which is her brand now and so much more so i'm very very excited for you to listen to this episode and absorb all the little hidden gems in it but without further ado let's get into it hello let me just make sure i've got this okay no it is and you can hear me you can yes can i just say uh, (laughs) I always forget how thick of an accent you have. <laughs> I'll have to try and tone it down a bit, right, for um, this interview. <laughs> it's that brummy accent. Where, by the way, whenever I try and do I try and come up with this weird accent. I don't know what it is. You love it. You love this accent. To be honest, I mean, really, because of lockdown, I'm only really speaking to Uzi, so I don't even have communication with fellow brummies right now to, to Wait, even know my- so, by the way, for people who don't know, Uzi, aka Usman, is with his husband. <laughs> but where is Uzi originally from? Like, is he from Brummie as well? Yes, yeah. He's yeah. born and bred in Birmingham. Represent, yeah. represent. He's representing, whereas I'm not born in Birmingham. I'm born in the heart. 
Lahar, <laughs> by the way, for those people, um, by the way, this comment goes that specific to Usman. Um, I loved your blonde hair and I would like it back. And Britha did as well. So bring back. I don't want it back though. I changed my mind. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I like the original again. It's gone back to normal. Thank God for that. Really? Yeah. I liked it. You should bring it back. <laughs> How are you, friend? Good, thank you. How are you? I like your jumper. Thank you. Can I just say, I wanted to wear this the first episode in January, but I was like, Aww. no, I'm going to wear this with Rhythm. Because Aww. I feel like it's just, I don't know, it just reminded me of you. And I was like, I, like I must time. wear it. Oh my God, where to start? How have you been? How was your day? How was your week? Yes, good, thank you. Busy, yeah. very busy. Yeah, so um, obviously Pongra is just my part-time passion, but yeah. I have a full-time job. I'm a marketing manager by day. So um, the role's been keeping me very busy, but I can't complain because we're stuck indoors, so we can't do anything else anyway. Very um, true. So I'm just just working. How's uh, my darling auntie that I call Ru Afza and <laughs> uncle and everything? Fine. She's fine. Thank you. How's Nadia? Nadia's good. Nadia's very good. Nadia is my niece, but her name's not actually Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for those people who don't know, before we get into Ritha and her accolades and all of those things, Ritha is actually a trained Bharatanatyam and Kathak dancer. <laughs> no, I'm so not. So I just want to ask for those people who don't know, because Ritha just doesn't talk about this. And it took oh, me years and years of practice. How's it going, Ritha? Uh, you know, I think one of my um, close friends, Praveena, might be watching. She is trained, not me. Well, I'm trained. Somebody that messes around <clears throat> in the park, and now, <laughs> now you've turned me into a professional dancer. <laughs> I have a video to prove that. Do you want me no, to pull that out? No. You no, sure? No. You sure? Because no. I'd be like, we're good. <laughs> I have visuals ready and everything for this. <laughs> no, we're good. I see Prabhs. She's watching. No, but she no. knows. She knows. I mean. We, we get up to a lot of um, silly stuff when we're together. So Karina knows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rinda is a pro Paratanatyam dancer. No. I agree with you. <laughs> See, I think by the end of this, you never know, we might get into it. But where did you start your Paratanatyam uh, training, would you say? In the park. <laughs> <laughs> One summer. <laughs> One summer. All right. I want to get into everything. Okay, yeah. so you identify as, in terms of, by the way, because I know you do, you have a full-time job and you do dancing and things like that, obviously. Yeah. Would you say Pangra is like your main field and that's that, right? So we're yeah. a Pangra dancer? No yeah, Gidda, definitely. no sort of things like that, just a Pangra dancer? No, so look, I have so much respect for people that can, you know, be versatile and mix it up. You know, I've got so many amazing friends that are dancers, you're one of them, and you can really change it up and do you know, lots of different styles. But for me, I've always wanted to just specialize in one thing and really like, you know, work hard on learning everything about it. And that's Bhanga dance, yeah. Okay, cool. Now let's just go through the CV of certain things. So <laughs> let's start with you are, you did that Bhanga competition, TBS, not yes. TBS. Um, you've, you've won TBS. Yeah, Bhanga Showdown 2017, yeah, with University of Birmingham. Are you the first, and you said you were the first female when I met you, you were like the first female. As in female Pakistani dancer. In my team I was, yeah. Yeah. In that team I was, yeah. Cool. And then let's just go down the line with and without Dance Bhangra, some of the artists and things that you have done. Some of the artists, Frenzy, obviously being one of them. Yeah. And yeah. You know, he's so talented. Uh, we actually went to college together. Um, Punjabi by nature. 
Nag Bangu, um, uh, Punjabi MC, who I absolutely love. I don't, wait, where, what Punjabi MC? I didn't know about this. Sumbi. So I'm dancing, so um, the main girl is Jamini. She's um, part of Dance Pongram. Uh, she's the model for the video. And then you've got a few of us also dancing um, there as well. Um, and all of the girls look amazing. You know, they, they all look fab. So worked with lots of artists, gone around the world and things like that. Yeah. Fab. I'm going to get straight into it. And what I want to do is discuss aspects of Bhangra. Yeah. And we're going to circle around to things. So if we miss anything, we're just going to get back to you. But I want to discuss straight away and going deep the misconceptions and kind of like the left field of Bhangra and the politics of it yeah so <laughs> why I remember I think I called you this and when I was doing my early training we talked a lot about diversity it was the same time like Bhangra was going into that mm. sort of B-funk era but I feel like now it's come back to like pure Bhangra yeah and I remember going and I was like I really want to do a Bhangra competition and you were like honestly I would do it honestly I would do it if I were you <laughs> I would join a Bhangra team um and then I joined and I joined Fasta Punjab and then I used to talk to you about Vasta Punjab and the main guy who came to me and he would be like, Pranga doesn't just belong to India. It's a thing that goes from Pakistan yeah. to India. But I always feel like, did you watch ever that BBC documentary? The yeah. Bhangra one? Yeah. I always feel like any coverage that is ever done to Bhangra and even when the teachers teach it, yeah. why is it that they can't even just specifically say Bhangra originates from the northern part of India and Pakistan. Why is it so hard for people to just put Pakistan? And am I too precious to holding on to that aspect of it? No, I think the thing is, I don't even blame the people or the teachers sometimes. I just think it's a lack of knowledge and education. I don't think people genuinely understand that it's not just from India, it's from Pakistan, it's from Punjab. Um, so it is just a gap in knowledge at the moment. I wouldn't necessarily call it ignorance. I just think, uh, you know, and I've met some wonderful people that have actually said to me, you know, without people need to understand that this comes from Pakistan as well. So there is some knowledge, but I don't think there's enough. So it's up to people to educate others and who they're teaching. So but don't you think now that we've gotten to a time where I think like this is at the palm of our hands that we can literally get to that space where it's like, look guys, Bhangra's now been popular, especially around in the mainstream for such a long time with the help of yourself and so many other people and so many other diversities in there for people to be generally knowledgeable and just to add that aspect in there. Mm. The thing is, I guess the other thing is there's not enough representation. So I'm just one Pakistani dancer, you're just one Pakistani dancer and we are the yeah. diversity. And therefore there aren't enough of us to actually spread that word and then educate and say, actually, I'm Punjabi, you know, it comes, uh, comes from where I'm from as well. Um, so it's just one of those things, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's a fact. It does come from Pakistan and India. It's from Punjab, but people just need to be educated on that and spread the word. Yeah. Why do you think there's such a lack of diversity for Pakistani dancers in general? Yeah. Pakistani Bhangra dancers as well? Because when you think of Bhangra, when we get to Pakistan, and I want to somehow, if you can relate it to, you went to Lahore and taught Bhangra. Yes, yeah. And I don't know anybody who's done that. I really don't. And when it comes to Bhangra in Pakistan, it's just 
things like that. Pale, pale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nobody has the actual knowledge. And like, I yeah. lived in Multan for three years, four years of my life, had no knowledge of it. So. Hmm. It's a really good question. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a question and something, it's very close to my heart, obviously being a Pakistani Vanga dancer and being the minority. And I think that um, it's a combination of things. So I think, Number one, there's probably some blurred lines between culture and religion. Um, number two, maybe, you know, Pakistanis tend to see it more as a, oh, we just dance at weddings, we do Bhangra, but they don't understand that it's actually a form of dance, like a traditional folk Punjabi form of dance. Um, so to me, it would be, you know, something really important that I take very seriously and I want to learn. But to somebody else, it would just be a dance at a wedding and they just had a bit of fun and went home, you know. So I think the representations probably because of those blurred lines as well, probably a lack of knowledge and education that actually this is an actual dance that can be taught and you can come to different classes and learn more about it. Um, but yeah, I just think in general, it's not really seen as a, a dance form like, um, I don't know, say ballet or aerobics or Zumba. Like they go to an aerobics and a Zumba class, but they wouldn't, I don't think they understand that there's Bhangra classes available as well. Why do you think that is till now? Because I feel like, like people go to Kathak and things like that, but yeah. I, I don't understand why Bhangra doesn't get that and four classes I don't, don't know. get it. I don't know. I mean, you know, look, it's been a difficult, you probably could ask me this question as well, but it's been a difficult <laughs> for me. Like I yeah. have experienced my fair share of discrimination. I've had people telling me, what the hell are you doing? Like you shouldn't be dancing. Um, you know, I, I remember those conversations very clearly and to me, like, it's a cultural dance. It's a very respectable dance. You are wearing shalvarakamis for a girl, chadra for a boy, but, you know, it's harder for a girl, let's be honest. And you are wearing a junni, a dubatta on your head. You are not shaking your ass on stage. You know, <laughs> you're doing very graceful, traditional form of dance. And I think if people can just separate those two things and stop focusing on the on dance being a negative thing like oh my god dancing oh that's so bad and focused on the traditional element oh wait actually you're bringing back your culture you know you're keeping in touch with your roots when we change that mindset then we'll start seeing more more dancers um, more diverse dancers what have been some of the challenges for yourself like i know for myself and i've told you this like my auntie is being ostracized from my family yeah. um calling you you know like when when i used to dance at weddings only to realize now that i was being called gay behind my yeah. and like faggot or like kus kusra as they say yeah yeah or like for girls they call her janani or like other disgusting words yeah. and things like that yeah. but yeah what else because i know your family and your family are religious they're well, my biggest blessing. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that. And yeah. I am. Can I just say for any person who's in the arts and has South Asian support, just know I'm a little bit envious of you. <laughs> just know that I'm. I'm very envious of you, but I'm also very happy for you. Your parents are absolutely yeah. wonderful, yeah. like yeah. delightful and open-minded to so many things. And your sisters, and your people around you, and Usman. So. Yeah. My my mum and dad, my sisters, my two sisters who I'm sure are tuned in and my husband are my biggest support and my biggest blessing. You know, my family, front seats, first to buy the tickets to all of my shows, all of my competitions, my biggest support. Usman, my husband, is filming my videos for me. Yeah. You know, like that means the world to me because I couldn't have come this far 
without them because so many people have a dream but unfortunately if you don't have that support it's not the same you need that yeah. support system in place as well and i can't forget my amazing friends as well you know that support system because when you're training for a competition for example it's so stressful that you need that support as well yes yeah. um, my girls that have tuned in they will know that they will know how stressful it is and we need that moral support for one another um you know politics aside yes there'll always be politics mm -hmm. and i've had my fair share but when you've got that support system around you, honestly, yeah. the, the world's your oyster. You, you can literally reach the stars. I will never sit here and say that I've done this myself. I haven't. They've all so, been a big part of it. I, putting aside the cultural or kind of like stigmas and things like that, if you didn't have this support, yeah, where do you think you'll be today? I won't be dancing. Honestly, I'm being serious. Listen, would let you, me tell you something. From the small Would you be another <laughs> stigma? I would just be a marketing manager and no more. No, no Rida Bhang, dance Bhangra, this, that, no teaching internationally, nothing. Really? Yes. And I genuinely mean that because it's the small things like the support system um, from my family telling me it's okay. You know, you got this. And from my mum making my dal for my competitions and my food is ready because right. I literally used to have, 30 minutes between finishing work to getting home, eating, getting changed and getting myself to rehearsals, which then yeah. lasted three hours, three and a half hours. And my God, did they kill me? Um, having a full-time job and balancing this, but it was my passion. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't have done it without, you know, the support system. So it, it's sad because, you know, back, back in uni days, I had friends and stuff. They, they couldn't, they couldn't tell their families they were dancing. So they were secretly performing and stuff. And, it used to break my heart because I was blessed to be able to share that great news with, you know, family and friends and say, this is what I'm achieving. And they would come to the show. But, you know, there, there is a stigma attached to it. And it means that there's a lot of people that, you know, are not um, getting that same level of support, which is then taking them to places, you know. Do you think having the support, if you decided to go into Bhangra full time mm. and not have a marketing managing job, do you think A, you could survive? And do you think B, you would still have that same support? It's not going to pay my bills. <laughs> you, say, you say that, you say that, and we've discussed that before, but there are <laughs> lots of people who are successful just doing Bhangra. Yeah, I mean, for me, I love my career. Um, I've worked really hard to get where I am. Um, I'm currently working for the Commonwealth Games taking place in Birmingham next year. <laughs> Woo! So, um, you know, like, and I'm really, really excited for that and genuinely enjoy my job. So I wouldn't want to make Bhangra full time. I, I love it. But, but but if you could. If I could. That's the well, question. No, that is the question. Is no, it literally just that you, Yeah. Because my, my job um, is a creative role, right? Marketing manager. I like come up with campaigns, concepts, ideas. I love being creative. I have the worst attention span in the world. It's probably why I'm good at dancing and choreographing because you have to be creative, right? So I wouldn't be able to let go of that side of me because that side of me is a big part of me. And believe okay. me, if I've designed a billboard and I drive past it, I am very excited. Very excited, yeah. But what if that billboard included you? Why? What if it, it? No, I said, what if it included you? For me, <laughs> the question, 
No, because for me, I battle with this all the time. I think I battle with people who are like yourself sometimes, who are so immensely talented, who like deserve, I don't know, like to make sometimes millions and millions of pounds, just like, or dollars doing this sort of shit and travel the world. And then also broaden the horizon and the stigmas that exist within our culture to be able to give young girls and guys who, who say to their parents, I want to dance or I want to act or I want to paint. I want to go into fashion and do all of this. And, yeah. you know, how amazing I like, yeah, it's not your passion. And I get that, but I'd be like, how amazing would it be to have a billboard of you? Doing for me, like I believe it or not as a dancer, and I'm sure some of my fellow dance friends can agree with this. We probably have another persona for stage. I know I do. So yeah. I'm actually, I can be quite shy in the background, but you need to switch on this persona for when it's time to perform. I've been very nervous before stage, but I've had to like kind of, yeah, just switch on performance mode. So for me, I don't think I'd want, I, Banga isn't, I'm not in it for the money. I, I wouldn't want to earn thousands of pounds from it because, you know, there, there, there are people that are doing that. They've become famous, but not necessarily like, learn the technique properly they haven't necessarily educated themselves you know do you ponder those names because i know i'm literally joking but no, i think no. that's so unfair because there's such amazing talented dancers out there like raw talent but just because they haven't paid uh, hundreds of pounds for their videography and editing they don't get the same recognition as somebody that has and that somebody is not necessarily a good dancer and that's what really frustrates me and I will never what? claim to have known, I will never claim to have known, like, everything about Mangra. I'm still learning every single day and then teaching my students. But I will never claim to know it all. And I think, yeah, yeah like, for me, it's not, it's not about the money, it's the passion. And I, I want to keep that quite separate, you know? Got it. I think, well, two things I am going to challenge you on. One is that is a contradiction to what you originally said, because you said Mangra doesn't pay my bill, can't pay my bills. <laughs> so that's a contradiction it point. It can't. <laughs> not when, not when you're passionate and not doing it for the money. And yeah, I'm not but... doing it for the money. Let's go to happier notes. What is your first memory of dancing? Ah, uh, my first memory. Actually, so my first memory is, so fun fact guys, I didn't actually know I could dance. I'm actually self-taught. Then I went on as the years went by and- To Kathak and Paratanathiam, obviously. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so I was at a wedding and I was just there like doing my thing, like woo. And then my uncle said to me, oh, you're a good dancer. And I didn't really think much of it, but then the compliments kind of carried on as I attended more functions and I was dancing. Then I realized, actually, you know what? I've always loved Pampa music all my life, but I didn't realize that dancing is even a thing. And I always used to watch videos and I just learned from videos. So then the more the compliments started coming in, the more I started to realize, okay, maybe there's something in this and I can like, you know, take it one step further. So yeah, my first memory is my first compliment on the dance floor. By your uncle going, <laughs> Yeah. What's your first memory of getting into a room and learning Bhangra? To be honest, I was teaching before I was being taught, if that makes sense. So, um, when I went to, yeah, so when I went to uni, London School of Economics, we had a cultural show that took place every year. So I started up and choreographed the Bhangra team with some fellow um, uni friends. And I was teaching, but at that time I was only teaching what I knew and what I thought was right. It wasn't necessarily... Bhangra dance. Uh, it was more what I'd seen in videos and so I cringe when I watch those videos 
now and I, I'm not even going to try and find them because oh my god it's well it's awesome. interesting you say that because I've been um, doing a little bit of research <laughs> and going to Maham and Deej for some video referencing and they've provided me of some early videos of you just dancing around no, the house and just playing around with choreo as well as oh, some uni it. shit they did not have oh my god so if you just bear with no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, like it's good for me because see, we all we all have videos that we look back and say, "Oh my yeah. god, this is so embarrassing." But it's nice because it then shows how far you've come, you know. Yeah. And Krishna, no, I'm so embarrassed. Like my. I think you should share it on your story, and you it's should. So embarrassing. Yeah, but it's part of your progress. It's part but of like your journey. But like the shisha was like so wrong. My Punjab was like so wrong and yeah, but the Can outfit just... was squeaky. <laughs> yeah, but you and I have similar things. I. I am half Punjabi and so I started learning Bhangra from watching videos, watching videos of yourself and you know other people and yes having some knowledge of it. Yeah. I didn't know of it so when we met you I think you would be the first person, no it's the second person, the second person to maybe the first person, your first or two because there's been two, the first person just taught me choreo, they never taught me proper like things. Oh, okay. You you, you were the first person to actually be like, no, this right, this right, this, no, oh, no, yeah. this, this. Oh yeah, <laughs> not to gloat, <laughs> not to gloat. Until this day, might I just say, we have a special bond, you and I, my friend. You still hold my highest earned, attended club class. Yours and my video has over 29k views wow. on your YouTube channel. That's amazing. I think like Aww. out of every single collab I have ever done, I have oh, never yeah. had so much fun other than with you. Like, oh, and learned so much, like learned so much. So I think <laughs> you and I have that in common where like, I, if I watch videos of myself and I do right now, yeah, sometimes I hate teaching Bhangra mm -hmm. because it's called Bali Bhangra. So yeah. I have to, and you talked about this in one of your YouTube interviews where you wish sometimes Bhangra was just kept to its original form. And I'm and one yeah, of the people who likes yeah. to do jigsaw puzzle situations. It's become so popular. I mean, look at Beef Bung, look at how many views they get, millions. Up. They even won an award recently. So if it works for the individual, then, then great, it works for them. But being a Bhangra dancer and teacher and specializing in that field, for me, I would never mix it with anything. But like I said in that interview I did, I also have a lot of respect for people that can switch it up so quickly because I can't, I really can't. Yeah. yeah. And you also mentioned in that video like you did right now that you wish that it's so interesting that people, that there'll be a beautiful raw talent from Punjab who'll be dancing on their rooftop and then they won't get necessarily <clears throat> the millions and millions of views and then some other person will. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. The world we're living in now you know social media this is what yeah. it's done this is what social media's done it's interesting we segue into this because in my notes i wrote about this i want to know about the bhangra stuff okay so three good things about bhangra comps three challenging things let's say not bad things okay so good things, um, as a dancer, you you learn like um, technique and you kind of gain knowledge a bit quicker. Um, you meet some amazing friends, lifetime friends, 
And I think if you win, you're a champion. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose, good. you're a loser. <laughs> and then the three bad things, I would say politics is definitely one of them. It just honestly, it just lets the industry down massively. Um, Can I, I would just say, pause there? Yeah. I apologize if I've interrupted you, by no, the way. No, Feel no, free no. to be like, Chupakare. Chupakare. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, when we discuss politics, I yeah. have, I can explain it from a Bollywood perspective. I have seen politics in Bangra. Is it the same, like, is it the same politics as like, we're the top dogs? Or why are they getting gigs like this? Why has this dancer gone to their class? Or like... It, I think it's, it's a lack of support. Um, I think okay. a lack of support. Um, I think arrogance as well lets a lot of people down. Um, and I think it, so like when people start out, for example, it's our responsibility as experienced dancers to help them out. But I think sometimes they're probably not given that same support system. And I just think it's such a shame. It just lets the industry down. You know, guys watching that have experienced this, feel free to comment, you know, what are the problems um, arise as a result of politics. But yeah, it's, it, it is big and it's not yeah. just, you know, there's a bhangra scene in America and Canada. I can't comment on that. I can only comment on the UK's bhangra scene. We have so much talent in the UK, incredible talent. So if you could eliminate politics from it, just imagine what a great place, you know, the, the industry would be, seriously. Because I know dancers that have quit because of politics. And I find that really upsetting. But I find that interesting because I personally feel like, again, because I haven't spent that much time yeah. and dabbled that much or gotten the opportunity to even be accepted by the Bhangra community that yeah. I feel like the Bhangra community is more united and supportive through the likes of yourself and through the likes of like Asa from BBL or certain mm -hmm. things when you guys do collabs and things like that. Yeah. Whereas in Bollywood, like you have these entities, you have these Bollywood companies in the UK that if they actually come together as a brand to do things, mm -hmm. it has it has to be a monumental thing. Otherwise it's competitive and politics yeah. all the time no i see again it just comes back to why are you doing this in the first place and that's the question you always have to ask yourself i'm doing it because i'm passionate about it i love bringing yeah. people together i love meeting different dancers from across the world the amount of amazing friends i've made through hungra like i th this is one of the reasons why i love it so much because i've made friends that are like family to me in different countries you know yeah. there's there's people in italy Anna in Italy, just been there in Spain, Ravi in Italy, like there's so many amazing dancers. Oh. Coming back to your question, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, uh, so politics was politics. one of the, and then pain, the pain, because every dancer suffers from some sort of pain. Oh yeah, <laughs> worst pain you've ever had? Shin splints. Shit splints, oh, I don't think I've ever had shit splints, ever. You don't want them, trust me, you don't want them, they're just horrible. And, and you wake up in the middle of the night with cramps and there's nothing you can do about it. Now we're going to talk about where did you get the kooky idea? Not the kooky, it's not kooky, it's a brilliant idea. Thanks. The only point I say kooky is because you know as well as I do, I have problems with your Instagram and your YouTube page and trying to find it. And that is the thing. But yes. this beautiful brand that has been created, where, what year did you decide to launch DB? How did it come about? Where did the name come about from? Who did the logo? you know the, all of the shebangs go go tell me the tell so um it was created in july 2017 i launched it on my dad's birthday because that date was obviously 
uh, really special to me. I was hella nervous, so nervous. Um, it was something I wanted to do for a long time. I was already yeah. part of another team. I had this idea. I had dreams, bigger dreams, um, a vision, and not the confidence. Um, my confidence I've only really built over time, and a lot of that is thanks to massive thanks to Uzi, my husband. So I think yeah, that played a massive factor in the delay of doing something like this. So when I finally thought, okay, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? Just do it. So created the brand, put it together. My um, lovely friend, who was also a colleague, Emma, created the logo. She did a fabulous job on it. Um, and then, yeah, it was all go from there. I thought, let me start small and, um, you know, focus on just a few different things and then I can start branching out. But it did so well that before you know it, we were already performing, like we were already doing big gigs, melas, music videos, um, special events. We were getting booked up like um, every, every weekend without fail. So, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, when you launched it, you said you had all these visions and these dreams and things like that. Yeah. What was the vision? What was the dream? So it was performances, you know, it was um, big events, um, special events, it was music videos, but I didn't think in a million years that it would happen as quickly as it did. So yeah. initially I thought, right, let me start off with classes, you know, there's no classes where I live in Solihull. Um, I've always wanted one here. I'll be the one that starts it. And, you know, the response was amazing. Like, yes, the first day, maybe seven, eight people came. Then word spread. The next week, that doubled. Then it tripled. Then it quadrupled. And, you know, like, the best thing about my academy and the reason why I love them so much is because they're genuine. And yeah. they are all family <clears throat> and friends. So, you know, a father and daughter, mother and daughter, sisters, yeah. brothers, cousins, or just best friends. And then the other reason is the, the friendships that have been formed in my class as well. You know, like that, that just makes me so happy. Um, and the, the academy isn't just your average academy. Like we are just a bunch of friends um, that just enjoy each other's company. And I hope yeah. that, you know, the guys, and a grandma, of course, <laughs> you know, honestly. So, you know, my, el my youngest is four, my younger student. And then my eldest is, yeah, I think, you know, 60 plus. So um, that, that's what I love about it. And it, like I said, I hope the guys, you know, if they've joined, they agree, but um, that's what makes Dance Mama special, that we are just family and friends um, that genuinely have each other's backs. You know, yeah. um, Jazz, we call her Mummy G. Um, she is um, a mother and daughter um, combo that dance together. And, you know, she is always with us backstage, helping us out without fail. She'll drive us if it's really far, because if I'm performing myself, I struggle to drive and perform and come back. Even yeah. though I've done it a few times and <clears throat> died. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, these things really, they really matter. They do. Um, and that, that's what makes the difference between a strong team and a strong unit and, you know, a not so strong unit with politics. <clears throat> I lost my train of thought, but I basically, oh no, I wanted to ask logistics. But I met you, I only knew of the fact of, of brand uh, going in terms of academy and parting knowledge and, you know, diversifying certain things. Mm. The performance aspect for me, the logistics of it, how does that function? Because A, you need people to be able to perform and team. Yeah. So did you ask some of the people that you were already asked, you know, part of the team, hey, good guys, would you be interested? Then costumes, how much money, where does that money come from? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Rehearsals, paying for rehearsal space, getting gigs, do you actually market yourself? And Dance Bhangra, mm. how did you settle on the name Dance Bhangra itself? Because I'm very surprised actually that you have the domain in 17, 2017, because like Bhangra was big and I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that nobody took just Dance Bhangra. Because you could it literally type into the SEOs. 
you yeah, can yeah, literally take taken. I'll have it. Okay. Yeah, it was taken on .com, so I, I got the .co.uk. Oh, um, okay. But in terms of logistics, so the way it works is the guys will start attending the classes first. Yeah. Um, and they'll get themselves up to um, a certain standard that they're comfortable with, because I would never put anybody on stage if they weren't comfortable. It's not yeah. on them at all, you know, to um, not feel ready and then look back and think, why did you let me do this? So, yeah. um, it, so they would come and we will train together. We'll get to know each other. Yeah. So in terms of logistics, then uh, the, the guys will come, we'll train, uh, put a performance routine together. We practice, we practice very hard. Um, and then it's just as and when people are available, because again, yeah. these guys aren't just students. You've got, you've got um, different professions in the team, yes. um, whether they're an accountant, whether they're, a, whether they're a doctor, whether they're a student, whether they run their own business. So yeah. they've all got their full-time jobs as well. So we, we do, all of us do this as a part-time passion um, and we dedicate our spare time to this. Um, we've had late nights, we've had to give up all day. Uh, we've traveled to two different locations, opposite ends. So yeah, I think, you know, the, the fact that people are committing their time to it shows how passionate they are about it. Very, very true. I think one of the things I'm going to take away from this is the amount of support that yes. you have. Like, literally, the amount of support that you have is... Yeah, it makes a big difference, honestly. It makes a big difference. And yeah. um, guys, if we, basically, I'm here to say, if you don't have support, give it up. Just find a full-time job. <laughs> That's what Ritha is saying. <laughs> uh, just if you don't have support there's just no point apparently if you don't no, have support <laughs> don't give up guys don't give up look for support be your own Rither will support you <laughs> I will support you yes 100% honestly yeah I mean di digital um, has evolved massively I think coming back to the point I made about um, you know, if you don't have a good video an editor, your videos don't always do as well as just, you know, me filming it and then posting it. Um, yeah. That's the one thing I've had to learn. And I think, I think it's a harsh reality of social media. Um, it needs to be pleasing to the eye. And people like me, I'll be watching something and I'll understand technique, but the other person won't. And so they just want a pretty picture, which is fine. You know, they're a consumer at the end of the day. But for somebody like me that knows how much effort went into something, but I just didn't put the money behind it to get a videographer or an editor, and therefore I didn't get as many views, or the raw talent that I talk about didn't get as many views because their camera quality was poor and the other person's camera quality was great, but they weren't a great dancer. So this is what social media has done to the Bhangra world. It's evolved it in a way where um, it isn't about talent anymore, unfortunately. And I'm sorry, guys, it's the harsh truth. It's not about talent anymore. It's just about how well you've made your video. And I think that's yeah. really sad, really sad. Um, but I don't see it getting any better. I think with new platforms coming on board like TikTok, anybody can make, you know, anybody can make a video and it would, it might go viral, it might not. But, you know, whereas somebody like a pranga dancer like me or others are really taking the time to learn technique properly, really educate themselves, really put effort into it. I know I really spent, I, I take time out to do my choreography for my videos. I don't just think, oh, Jolo, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. So, yeah. yeah you really do. Even in our clubs, I was like, bloody hell, let's just do it. <laughs> you like took an hour. Yeah, because if I'm teaching, I feel like I have a responsibility yeah. and a duty to teach properly um, and to pass on my knowledge um, as well as I can. Um, it, like I said, it's never about money or fame. Like if you are knowledgeable in something, then it's your responsibility as a teacher, if somebody's coming to your class, to pass that knowledge on. 
So, um, yeah, I think, um, so that's what digital's done. It's basically messed everything up. <laughs> Has but it been hard time, for you? Sorry, yes. go ahead. I was just going to say at the same time, then we need digital, don't we? You know, we, Dance Bunga needs digital. We, we need it to promote the work we do. Yeah. We get a lot of our inquiries from um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, so we do need that platform as well to show people our work and potential and what we can do for their special events. So it, it, there's pros and cons um, of digital. Be honest. Do numbers matter to you in regards to followers and views? Be honest and likes and things no, like that. No, because what I no. can say, hand on my heart, is that we might have a small number of followers, but they're loyal, good quality followers. Yeah. They're not. They're not just. They're not what I call ghost followers. They engage with our content. So we've all been through that phase, guys. We've all been through it, where it was all about how many. Um, likes we had how many follows I'm sure some of us were even like oh my god this picture hasn't got enough likes we better delete it I honestly don't give a crap anymore if yeah. it doesn't get enough likes as long as I push that content out and the the hard work of my dance academy was recognized that's all I care about but you do have an aesthetic which you do care about which is your three grid situation it's my ocd i don't get on my personal account only on dance Congress. and my god is it difficult to find three pictures. oh my god i remember the conversation we, we had like when we were doing our last video you were like okay but i'm gonna have to do this picture and this picture and then this video or should we do this picture oh no i don't really have a nice picture of me in london so which one should i do Listen, you'll be surprised how many people that inspired, okay? Because I coincidentally <laughs> noticed a lot of other people doing the same thing soon after. You're a trendsetter. You're literally oh, the yeah. trendsetter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. i Somebody has to do it, right? <laughs> fair, fair enough. I think we should move on to games and things. And then, yeah. yeah. Everybody, I'm so sorry to interrupt in the middle of the show. However, as I mentioned before, Chai with Bright is an IGTV live show that I convert into audio format. So this section that you are about to listen to might not make sense because there's not a visual aspect. So if you would like to watch the video aspect of it, like I said, please head over to my Instagram at Raimuitfum. That's R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M. Or you can go on YouTube and simply type in Chai with Bright to find the relevant episode however for now we're going to skip to the next section and i hope you guys enjoy words of wisdom you would give to your mirror self today um just don't let the haters get the better of you haters gonna hate right so here's go do your thing. Seriously, do your thing. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Peaks and valleys is a question I often ask, and a peak represents a high point in your life. It can be personal or professional. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? Valleys is a low point in your personal or professional life. What lesson was it and what you learned from it? Okay. In regards to, I know sometimes the low in terms of valleys, it can be quite challenging, especially it can be personal. So you can just kind of like sugarcoat it and kind of, give a topic or things like that or the year or month you know what I mean um so high is obviously when I launched dance program and if I can tie it then I'd also say um winning because um we actually won best dance group um last month so as uh, as it stands we are the best dance group 2020 at the UK Bhangra Awards that's a dream come true for me honestly. who organized the UK Bhangra Dance Awards by the way I didn't I saw your a message lovely lovely friend of mine called Bobby Bowler <clears throat> 
So he's that amazing. Um, he, you know, he's put on amazing uh, opportunities for the Bhangra industry. That's only one of many things that he does. Um, there's also the Bhangra festival and so on. So yeah, some really great stuff. And then a low, I would say, you know, just dealing with, um, dealing with like really negative people that don't believe in you and put you down whilst also suffering from anxiety and a lack of confidence. Yeah. I think, you know, mental health is something that we don't really like talking about in our community, but yeah. I think it's really important because dance and the right people around me is what got me out of a bad place when it came to yeah. mental health. And I, I don't shy away from talking about it. I don't believe in shying away from talking about it. Um, I very openly, you know, talk about my anxiety. And I think that, you know, just know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how crappy things get. You know, there, there will always be, but always surround yourself with the right people. It's so important, so important. When you get moments of anxiety, do you kind of have to just like shut off and things like that? Or do you usually talk to somebody and that's kind of like your no, one I word? I, I used to shut myself off, but now um, I have a safe space, a safe environment with some close friends. And, and that's, <clears> that's where I would go. And yeah. that's where they would come as well. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, guys, like, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, that's okay. But whatever you do, like, you know, just don't give up because you, ca you can improve the situation and it does improve. Yeah. And that want... is a great way of coming out of it as well. True. I want to move on to upcoming projects and like things like that. But mm -hmm. I wanted to ask before one thing, and I, I forgot to ask this question. I just saw it. Have yeah. you ever been ostracized? from the Bhangra dance community or by anybody and you can just say yes or no and if you want to elaborate you can because I know we're short for time and I don't want to keep you longer but have you ever been ostracized for being Pakistani and being a female yeah. yes I have. You have. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna get you back and elaborate on that because I really <laughs> did no because I really want to talk about because I have felt that as well yeah i felt that as well and i i don't understand why because i think talent should just matter and the wantingness to just educate oneself this hierarchy hierarchy sort of system is it's mm. very very interesting to me yeah. but we're, we're you know we can talk about that all the time but let's talk about upcoming projects and in your previous video you said well if you know if it wasn't covid we'd be talking about like this much many yeah. projects but because we've been in covid i haven't done that many other than insta live classes and things like that but mm -hmm. after covid watch the space but, Definitely. Um... <laughs> so um obviously like you know we've all had a year off now and so it'll be a matter of kind of getting back into it starting from scratch and that's fine you know we'll yeah. start training ourselves again getting our stamina back and then we're just going to focus on um, bigger things um so we'll carry on doing our special events we'll carry on doing our music videos but you know we'll keep taking dance Bunga to the next level um and so for me that next level means taking my academy internationally got it um when can i audition um uh, when right can I, when why haven't i been asked um i mean you are welcome anytime and you know. why haven't i been given a hoodie um or any sort oh, of situation because i do feel um a specific way <clears throat> you don't like purple you're not getting a hoodie ouch you do you have do a black you... can i say you have you have we black do. we do <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're on about right now. We do have black hoodies. It's purple sweatshirts and black hoodies. I'll wear it for you. Listen. Thank you. I'll, I'll wear it for you and in support of you and the, the person that you are and the things that you stand for and the things that you are doing. I will do it for you. Thank you. Exactly. Lasting words, friend. 
Thank you for having me. This was great. Stop it. Stop it. I wanted to have you for longer. You know Instagram lives are now for four hours, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. I was expecting <laughs> it to cut off after an hour. Someday. No, it, they're now for four hours and they're developing it to go on for longer. Wow. Um, it happened during COVID and stuff like that. So, yeah, not at all. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my mind... Well, that brings us to an end and I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did so, make sure to subscribe, follow and spread the love. Share this with a friend, an auntie, your nephew, your niece, that creep or that neighbor. You know the one I'm talking about. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. By the way, if I haven't said this before, to watch any of the previous or this very episode's video, simply go to my Instagram at rhymeitfum. That's R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M. Or you can go on YouTube and simply type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. I hope you have had an amazing day or night if you're listening to this before sleeping. I'm wishing you all love and light. And as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. Now must go. Meaning now I must go. That's copyrighted. I own it. And I will see you. Just saying. But for real, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been my pleasure. Stay curious. And until next time.